Radio. We are breaking down the latest two episodes of The Last Dance. I'm your host, DC. With me, as always, is Jerry Sherwin. Jer, how are you doing this evening? Last Dance, week two for y'all. I don't know what song Jerry's trying to sing every week, but it's not very good. Also, it's the people's champ, David Johnson. Champ, how are you? I know what he's trying to sing. It just doesn't sound like it. But uh, I am great. That was exhilarating television. That was one of the best two hours of TV that I think I've ever watched. It was absolutely fantastic. As you said before we started recording, you had goosebumps for the 90 of the 120 minutes that the last two episodes were this evening. With us also, special guest as always, it's our buddy Z. Z, how's it going this evening? Oh, buddy. That was amazing. I'm so excited to be back. That was fantastic two hours of television. Fantastic. It's definitely picked up. We're going to frame this week's whole episode around winners and losers, get conversations in that way. Jer, you last week were a little upset with how things started off, so I'll start with you. Winner or loser, wherever, whichever way you wanted to go with it, kick things off this week. Uh, the biggest winner to me, just that I can't stop thinking about, is Horace Grant and his workout regimen. The guy looks like he is not only just like a former NBA champion, but like he runs the weightlifting program at like Duke now. Uh, the, the way he looks compared to like Jordan's little like pocket belly that sticks out of his really bad T-shirts. And like Will Purdue looks like a, uh, a chemistry teacher. Wennington looks like he's about to go join Sons of Anarchy. And then there's just, there's, there's Horace sitting at his table all yoked up in a medium polo. I just can't stop thinking about it. He's the, he was the winner by far this these, this week, and it wasn't because of the way he looked. It's just his, he was so quotable. Oh, calling yeah. The Pistons, calling the Pistons straight-up bitches for not shaking up shaking hands at the end of the, the 91 series was classic. And, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Z, were you another one who was not happy with the start last week of this documentary? Who was a winner? Who What stuck out to you after the latest two episodes? Oh, man, it's fantastic. I, I think what I was worried about, I, I'm not worried about anymore. Just exhilarating. I think back and forth explaining where Dennis came from. I mean, we could do it a whole 45 minutes on just the first hour of it with Dennis mm-hmm. and then the second part really focusing on the Pistons. I think the winner is, to me, it's Phil Jackson. I mean, I don't know if it's a take to say Phil Jackson's the greatest coach of all time. I don't know if that's a hot take, but is he one of the greatest leaders of all time? Yes. If you think about how he's, taking different personalities, how he's been successful in multiple places, different eras with both the, the Bulls, obviously, and as well as the Lakers, and then his own career being successful, incredible. So I think about if we were going to do the Mount Rushmore of leaders in American history, right, we've got like George Washington. I think Phil Jackson might be on that Mount Rushmore. It's crazy um, how he got two players so similar to buy into the same exact thing. Being yeah, Michael and Kobe. Kobe. Did you guys realize like how important Rodman was to the team? I always thought he was like a nice piece, but I didn't think of him being like a three musketeer. And so when Scotty's out and Michael's really talking about how how important he was, was really interesting to me. And something I didn't realize as a seven-year-old watching the Bulls or 12-year-olds or however old I was at the time. I think the loser of this is Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> Isaiah Thomas looks terrible. And Isaiah, like, 
he passes the buck on everybody. He he says, oh, I didn't shake hands because Lambeer didn't. He says, oh, the Celtics didn't shake my hand. I went and grabbed their hand. He just looks terrible. And MJ call him out was amazing. Champ, you have a lot of things to say about Isaiah Thomas, but let's throw it over to you. Where do you what's your winner? What's your takeaway you want to go with after, after the latest two hours here? I mean, I first of all, 100% agree with Z's loser, and it's definitely Isaiah Thomas. He showed what a true, true, absolute bitch he was tonight <laughs> in this episode. And then the best, I thought the best part of the entire episode that got me all jacked up, again, what Z was saying, is when Jordan, when they go to Jordan, and they're going to show him the clip of Isaiah Thomas speaking. And Jordan already knew. He goes, I don't give a shit what he has to say. He was a bitch back then, and he's still, I mean, it's basically <laughs> what he said. I mean, he, just he, needed, he needed Orris Grant next to him, basically, to call I him mean, it, he, he knew exactly what Isaiah was trying to do. He was going to try to turn it because it's present day. This is the only, again, going back to last week when I was like, why is Isaiah even doing this? It's so evidently clear why he's doing this, uh, you know, a documentary is to try to make himself look good and try to be like, oh, you know, this was back then. A lot of this stuff didn't happen. You know, you didn't shake hands. Bullshit. They showed <laughs> Michael Jordan shaking hands with you two years in a row prior to this at center court, not walking off the court like a little baby back bitch like you and your teammates were. <laughs> I mean, Isaiah Thomas, I, I, I didn't think I could hate Isaiah Thomas any more than I do. But after watching this and then him trying to walk it all back now, present day, it's just he is not a man at all. And I am so glad MJ <laughs> left his man. ass. I am so happy MJ made his ass not be on the dream team. It still brings me so much joy to this day. I love the fact that going back to that whole thing where Jordan's like, well, you know, it's bullshit. It almost seems as though the directors knew that they needed a little spice in here. So they went to Isaiah early. They got yep. him right away, completely set him up to then go back to yeah. Jordan and show all those old oh. former Bulls players that footage. But this could just be – maybe this is something else or maybe it was from the bad boys – uh, 30 for 30, but didn't they talk about this then too? And Isaiah was talking about how the uh, he made the exact exact same excuse then that he did now. Correct. Yeah, oh, during that during that 30 for 30, he said the same thing. He even brought up the Celtics again. He did the same thing with the Celtics about how he they was right about shake. that though. Yeah, Pax I know. Was wrong. Pax was wrong because they were literally walking off, and he grabbed McHale and like did that like smack high five. But to but <laughs> to the fact and then. What another a, a winner? I had two winners for me. One of them was Phil, so Z took that one. A, an exceptional leader. The guy has won eleven championships in his twenty years of coaching. The, he has done more with the talent that he's had to make to get Michael Jordan, who had won two scoring titles prior to Phil Jackson coming aboard, to get him to buy into the triangle offense is a feat in and of itself. I mean, MJ could have went out there and averaged 40 points a game in that NBA and been, you know, maybe not have won all these titles, but for Phil to get him to buy into that system and then to get him to win six titles is just an exceptional, exceptional job of coaching. This is where I want to jump in and say that last week I kind of slammed the timeline moving back and forth. But this was a key piece because you get to see Michael saying at first he did not like the Phil Jackson move. All the way to going forward where I legitimately how it ended this week, I will not come back without him. Like that yep. is a very important piece to this entire documentary. You know who else looks good this week? Jerry Krause. Nope. The Jerry Krause. 
<laughs> nope, you're wrong. Well, he looks no, bad. No, I, but, I, but make the case, Steve. The floor is yours. Make the case. So I know what he's going to say. So you're the best player in the league at the time who's averaging 37-plus with Doug Collins as his coach. He loves Doug Collins. He pulled the trigger to to switch to Phil, even though MJ was a Doug Collins guy. That is some balls to make yep. that move. Counterpoint. Go ahead. Counterpoint. Fast forward to 1998. He drops in the All Star game break bomb about putting calling MJ out for deciding to not want to come back and play with Phil Phil or for whoever the new coach because he wants to play with Phil. Derek Krause looked good for an hour and 51 minutes tonight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for as much as we're going to rip Jerry Krause throughout this whole documentary, and it's going to be warranted. We've done it already. We're going to continue to do it. Z is absolutely right. I have that written down in my notes. Krause has the balls, literally, to fire a coach that took a team to Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals the year before to bring in a guy in Phil Jackson that he thought would be a better coach for this team. And, and he was damn correct in that assessment. He won six titles with Phil Jackson. We know what he did with Phil later on, and that's not right, and nobody's saying that it is. But back then, in the late 80s, for him to pull the trigger on Doug Collins and get a lot of shit, because I'm sure he got a lot of shit from Chicago media back then. How could you fire a coach after going to the Eastern Finals, blah, blah, blah. He did that, and he brought in an assistant coach and Phil Jackson, gave him the job, and we know what happened after that. I'm not disagreeing, but I will say that this also foreshadows if you go back to 1998 because it's Jerry Krause meddling with his with the day to day operation of the team and the coaching staff, and the because he was siding with the assistant coaches that he wanted to see thrive. Patterns, patterns, patterns. So fast forward that a full ten years later, and you see him saying Phil Jackson's not going to come back and starting a firestorm and calling out MJ for not wanting to come back and play for another coach because MJ's already seen it. He already fired a coach that he already liked playing for with Doug Collins. He got along with Phil. He thrived under Phil. And now he wants to change it again. It's like, Jerry, you've already keep, you can't keep just changing the drapes and the paint color because you're, you're bored. And that's exactly what happened that. And he just needed a hug. Somebody just need to give Jerry Krause a fucking hug and say, thank you so much for Scotty all the shit Pippen you needed to turn around and hug on that airplane while he was dancing and say, we love you, Jerry Krause. That's probably would have done it. Instead of making fun of him and making him dance in the middle and being their jester. <laughs> and he literally, Scotty tells him, go sit down. <laughs> Jerry, sit down. I mean, that was the, the dance moves of a, of a younger Jerry Krause just busting a move on that plane. That was fantastic. As uh, Big Cat said on Twitter during it, said he would have been a TikTok star if TikTok went around the early 90s. Oh, my God. What do you have ever? Uh, no, so go, full circle on the Pistons here, because I do think they – Horace Grant summed it up perfectly. They straight up bitches at the end when they're not shaking hands. But I also think they're really sore winners, too. John, John uh, Sally talking about the Jordan rules and how the refs aren't looking at, at the – "Quote unquote Messiah and like rolling his eyes it, while they're already beating the Bulls. It's just just win with grace, lose with grace. They can't do either one right. <laughs> yeah, they couldn't. They were. I mean, that's why everybody hated them, except for people from Detroit, and that's why people still and Jerry hate apparently. I'm just saying, if this was our team, we would have fucking loved that team. We would have loved John Sally's sound bites. This is the AJ Pierzynski model that we always argue about. You fucking love the guys because they're 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 your team. I can understand while if it's allowed during that time and looking back on what you how you played, they weren't the only ones doing that. They were the best ones doing that, and I think that needs to be very clear here. Well, that's probably why they won two championships. So you're right about that. 
So the city of Detroit has been through a lot of things, you know, economic downturn. It's a terrible place. You see all those abandoned buildings. Corona right now. Is is that punishment for those pit, the Pistons teams of the late 80s? <laughs> Why you are we being punished? You have to ask yourself. <laughs> I mean, they had they had a nice little run with the Red Wings, too, and now they fucking blow. So who knows? Uh, any any other winner lose anything else anything else that stuck out to you guys as you guys are watching us so yeah so for me so the rodman doc and i was talking to one of my friends shout out andrew ratchke and he had something what is the most impressive thing that dennis rodman did he's won five titles he pulled madonna and carmen electra and he brought and he brought um kind of freedom and safety to north korea so you think about a true renaissance man being athletic the diplomacy as well as pulling two I mean, Carmen Electra still 2020 still yeah I still said that in it. our group text still a smoke show wow and he married himself yeah I mean <laughs> but I, I just a, a kind of a not like a huge winner from the episode just kind of like a joking thing kind of like the suspenders last week were the Dennis Rodman pajama pants I mean the guy <laughs> had like 30 different pajama pants on during the, the one hour thing. He's he was literally practicing in pajama pants a couple times. It was insane. He had so many different ones. Going back to Z's question though, I think it's the Madonna piece because I didn't realize this and Lord and my wife and I looked at each other. We didn't realize that Madonna was the key to unlocking Rodman. And Which, Rod, and she fell in love with him before he was that guy. It's crazy. It, did Madonna fall in love? Were they together like the end of the Detroit going into the San Antonio years? That was like yes, the cause, timeline. Because yeah, right? that's, that's when he be, Kate started coloring his hair. Yeah, okay. Oh, well, I mean, he was damn good with the – they didn't show anything of him with the Spurs, but he was damn good with the Spurs too. Yeah, but that's when he started going into – that's when he became the worm. I yeah. mean, how, how insane is it to think in 1998, which isn't like that long ago – I mean, it, it is, but it, it isn't. Like a long time ago. Right, but it, it still isn't. It's still recent, somewhat recent NBA history that a guy can just go and take two-plus days to go on a Vegas bender and just <laughs> as a vacation because he, quote-unquote, needed a vacation because he was doing too much while Scottie Pippen was, was out. And you know what's even more crazy about that is he played in every other game that year. He missed those two games. To do his little wow. bender, he he played, but he played in all the other eighty games, and he played in every playoff game that year. He had an incentive in his contract for games played. I think he had to play eighty, to, and it literally doubled his contract if he played eighty games. He went from like making three and a half million to making like seven million. So shout out to Dennis. He he knew what he needed. He needed that little two days off, and then he didn't miss another game all year. Has anybody has MJ ever been more relatable than when he said? You need a vacation? I need a fucking vacation. <laughs> yeah, that was great. <laughs> that and at, the same, at the same time, when Robin came back and they were trying to get Robin back into shape, and it, it was MJ trying to lead the charge of like, all right, everyone just slack and make this as easy as possible. Yeah, and MJ, MJ the quote at practice when Phil has told him he needs to get his legs ready, and MJ's like, Phil, we got him back here. That was good <laughs> enough. Let's relax. <laughs> What do you that think was Jordan crazy. was thinking about when he walked in that room with Carmen Electra and probably other people, bodies, naked oh, we, bodies? Around. I mean, we know what happened. Phil had himself a little time with one of those ladies in that room. That, not Phil or MJ. Sorry, not Phil. MJ went in that room. There was probably 10 different women in there 
He grabbed one of those women. He went into another room. They don't, they're not going to say that on the documentary, but we all know that's what happened. So MJ flew to Vegas to go get him. Is that, is that, do I understand that correctly? That what MJ, happened? MJ flew to Vegas, hit some uh, blackjack tables, and then went upstairs <laughs> and got Dennis. That's the best part is that they just yada yada that, but we know MJ did not just go to Vegas and not throw yeah. down. Yeah. MJ, they had a game. MJ went and he spent a day in Vegas himself. They didn't say that. Then he's like, all right, Dennis, we both have to go back to practice. <laughs> yeah. MJ played a quick 18 with about 250 grand on the line. And then he played up like Dennis. Texas No Limit Poker until <laughs> 5 in the morning. Realized it was 5 in the morning and he had to go get Dennis for the charter He had his own blackjack table with a $100,000 uh, limit. Barkley was probably there too. Yeah. <laughs> probably. And it's like, it's notorious how well Jordan bounces back from like being able to play golf all day to then just dominating the basketball court. But how about Dennis Rodman going in a two-day bender in Vegas and just stepping right back into an NBA basketball game not without missing without missing a beat? <laughs> like, and he's not and he's not 26 when he's doing it. He's in his mid 30s. Well, and let's let's also go back to the fact the early Dennis days where he he graduates high school and then is literally just chilling on the street at his buddy's place for two years and then goes into college and is scoring 27 points a game. I mean, that's just Dennis Rodman right there. I mean, he averaged 27 and 15 after just not playing basketball for two years. Not only sleeping at his buddy's place, he said he was sleeping in his backyard. Yeah, I mean, the guy is, I mean. He was just laying on the grass. Did he have a tent? Was there a sleeping bag? How did that work? So what we're all what we're saying here is that the bad boy Pistons actually were detrimental to Dennis Rodman's development as a basketball player. Yeah, I mean, they literally might have been. I mean, the guy was averaging 27 and 15 in college and then became just a, an insane rebounder. He was the first defense. D and three guy without the, without the three-point line being a a factor. I mean, just insane. Dennis Rodman, it, it, Z was right talking about, I mean, he, the marvels of Dennis Rodman, what he's done in his life. It's just crazy. Such a fascinating character. Character. Other thing that I'm going to call out, Jared, do you have something else on Rodman? Well, I was just going to say, like, who – like going into this, I just assumed that like the way I held Scottie Pippen so high, like there was nothing that was going to touch that. But at this point, like MJ's at this all time high because I think he proved this week that he was the ultimate teammate. I don't think there's any debate anymore. Yes, yeah. his means of getting you there might have been for not the softest people on the planet, but best teammate of all time. And then I have Rodman. Like I just understand Rodman that much more. And the fact that like all those guys worked cohesively together made it so much greater. And then Scotty just being a whiny little bitch all the time is really just sinking his ratings. The, 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 <laughs> the way Jordan talked about the, the migraine game just really made me upset. Just when they introduced it and Jordan just is silent and he goes, yeah. Yeah, I don't, and I don't remember like ever hearing about that game. The Michael. oh, I have, I remember that game. I know, I remember, you know, the next year when they lost, you know, the second time. But I knew they had lost two years in a row. But I don't, I didn't remember that. You know, Scotty had the migraine and played like horse shit in that game. MJ tried his best to act like he wasn't mad too. He was like, yeah. Scotty had a migraine. What am I gonna get mad about that? It's like. Yeah, it's clear. It just seems like for the entire Scotty run, there was a lot of these types of things that pissed everybody off because he was just such a little whiny little ass about shit. But he was still so good on the court. So dude. good. You yeah, have to good. forgive that. I mean, the guy you know, came back after sitting, what, 45 games of that, you know, 97, 98 year and came back and just was dominating again. If you think like the defining moments, like, 
MJ, MJ turns a corner after he hits that jumper over Elo to beat the Cavs, which I think that gets glossed over a little bit, like how good of a team the Cavs were. And the Cavs were like the next great team in the East. But like Scotty's defining moment, like the Bulls are here. Scotty was when he got pushed by Rodman when Rodman saw the mm-hmm. Pistons and Scotty didn't get up. Scotty's defining moment, not doing anything. And like, again, the way they set that up with the fact that like the year before Horace was being like complaining and whining a bunch and they admitted like once you start doing that and going to the refs, they knew they had you. The way the, the Bulls went at like the gym from day one, they, they the whole refs like they just took it at him. Jordan all of a sudden wanted to work out for the first time in his career, which I thought was crazy that he hadn't done that before. Like I thought he was just like like what, the, what do they call it? like fine-tuned wire or whatever, like twisted iron, but apparently not. He was just a I mean, he, put, he just went, went and put on 15 pounds of muscle in one offseason. I mean, just a beast. Yeah, crazy. Another From the 80s, another thing is just the, the amount of cursing that happened in, like, interviews oh. and things, amazing. Yeah. Doug Collins, Doug Doug Collins, Collins just one? dropping F-bombs after, like, what plays were called and just everyone in the <laughs> locker room laughing, and, and it just hilarious. I the just wish we could bullshit go back. Ron Harper quote was great. Yeah, so yeah, great. Ron awesome. Harper was great. All that stuff was great. I just wish we could go back to it. I just wish we could go back to a time like that when it sports were just fun. Just fun, easygoing. Not everything was the end of the world. We don't have sports right now. I would take anything, but let's just have a little bit more fun with it all. Yeah, you know it, what's you know kind of funny going back and looking at this team? A guy that's very well-spoken in the media now and has fun, like you're saying, D.C., is Steve Kerr, and he was on this team. And this is a guy that comes out and is not afraid to speak his mind. He's not afraid to talk politics like a lot of people are. And, he, I mean, he genuinely has a good time with the media, and that is, is not lost when you're watching, you know, who he was around during his playing days and then obviously coming out of his playing days, being in the front office. He knows what's going on. I mean, this, this is a guy that is in tune with what's what's happening in the world, and he's not afraid to talk about it. So, yeah, yeah we need more Steve Kerr's out there. It's a Someday. guy who it's a guy who took uh, his lessons under one of the best leaders in, of all time, as he put it to start True. the show. Something else I liked this episode I saw a little bit more of, it was like the um, Deering games them talking. So, like, they have timeouts, and they had when MJ was talking to, to – I think he was talking to Rodman about Char- they're playing the Knicks at the time and Charles Oakley back screening yeah. him mm-hmm. and that like deep dive really teammate stuff. And as somebody that, like loves basketball plays, but still likes to play basketball. It's like that stuff you just don't get when you're watching a game that like in- interactions with your teammates yeah. and things like that. And that was sweet. I love it. And that brings me to one of my other winners. I want to bring up Z is he said <laughs> Paxson's open and I didn't realize, like, after seeing the montage of, like, four or five straight packs and shots, that's a pretty sweet-looking jumper. That's why yeah. you got a lifetime contract with the Bulls. How long, was, how long was Paxson on that team? So it took, like, they played together for five years. They went through all these playoff runs. It's now game five or whatever of the NBA Finals. And MJ's like, oh, Paxson can shoot. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Okay, all right. <laughs> like, Bill, maybe tell him that a little bit earlier. Maturation of Jordan right there. And I also love that he's always Paxson. He's never like, he's never Paxson with Jordan, so you just know they're not close. It's, it's always no. Paxson. Last name only, no first name, not John, not Pax. It was just yeah. Paxson. He also looks like an entirely different human. Oh, well, yeah. yeah, now he's, like, completely bald. He bicked it, and now, yeah, he's just a different... Another crazy thing while we were watching, speaking of the 80s, how about Phil Jackson and coaching in Puerto Rico? And the fact <laughs> that there's literally referees getting shot during <laughs> yeah. games? I mean, I was like, holy <laughs> shit! This took a turn! I was, I mean, 
I granted he only coached there for a year, I think, but I mean, I, that's just mind boggling to me. And then I, I think one of the interviewers was like, yeah, he shot him in the leg and then he, he couldn't go to any more home games this year. Like what? He didn't get arrested. He, just, <laughs> he couldn't be at home games. He had to go to the road games to get shot at. It's just an insane. Do you guys think Phil Jackson and Bill Walton were friends back then? I feel like the acid thing just really could have brought those two together and the whole Zen vibes and like they probably ride bicycles together. Maybe I feel like those two, if they weren't friends, they should be friends. I just feel like Phil's an East coast guy and Bill Walton's a West coast guy. Yeah. I think it's like, is there like two different kinds of Zens you can have? Like the East coast. (laughs) I think one's a hippie and then one's Zen. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Bill was probably just finishing his playing career. I think he played into like the mid eighties with the Celtics. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. He was on the South team from last week. Yeah, so they may have crossed paths. Who knows? And then just my last point is just how the fact that there's still so many people tied to the Bulls organization today that are in this documentary from the, the mid-90s and the late 80s. It's just – it's mind-numbing. And it's so frustrating to see that, that Bulls have literally picked every worst person to, to still be associated with this franchise and people that they could have had available to them if they were picking old guys – yeah, I, I throughout the throughout this, I'm telling my wife like, "Yep, he works for the Bulls. <laughs> he's their P. He's their radio announcer. Yep, Doug Collins. Yeah, he still works for the Bulls. Yeah, Horace works for. I mean, they all. It's like you play for any of these teams except for the fucking best player. They all got contracts. Well, let, got let's go. Around. MJ not with the Bulls. Steve Kerr not with the Bulls. Arguably, the two guys who've had the most success outside of the Bulls franchise have not been able to be were not able to be retained by. That team, they chose John Paxson over Steve Kerr, basically, and we saw yeah. how that worked out. And they, MJ, I don't think you can really hold MJ down. He's gonna be, he was going to eventually own a team, I think, anyway. But yeah. still, it's just so frustrating to see. Yeah, it's crazy. They picked Randy Brown over Steve Kerr. They picked BJ Armstrong over Steve Kerr too. And then, and then so, they said BJ go away once Derek became or he became Derek's agent. Yeah, and then they just shoot him off. <laughs> It was nice it, to see. It was nice to see BJ though. We it was nice to see that. Judd Bushler. I mean, yeah. I'm uh, Judd time. Yeah, I I also enjoyed the little play, they them showing like them gambling on the plane because you know they did that shit all the time. I hope they show more of that kind of stuff too. That's the stuff that yeah I think you'll see a lot more of that as a like actually hyper focus on the '98 season and then you get the actual behind the scenes stuff. But right after the Super Bowl, seeing guys pay up their bets after the Super Bowl was was funny to see. Yeah, Is there awesome. any other player you want like a backstory for like the way they've done these first four episodes? Because I feel like that's about it now. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna do any more like full. Oh. Well, they did they did fill in the three players. I don't think they're doing any more backstory. I think they're gonna no. I think they're gonna do a Steve Kerr one. I don't think so. I think they're going to have a, a mini section because he hits that big shot in the second run in the playoffs. So they're going to they're going to have to focus on that, and then they're going to talk about him with the Warriors now and his. He's got like an interesting backstory with his parents. Was like a, I mean, I, I would I would like parents was a diplomat. I or yeah, I wouldn't hate it. I, I just don't know how kept. I mean, like, doing, I mean, they're doing the dream team the next week. Next yeah, week. he was oh, what, are they? The yeah. sixth or seventh best player on this team, probably Steve Kerr. So. Yeah, he's probably sixth, seventh man off the bench. He didn't start. No. Yeah, may, I mean, we might get oh, a, a, we'll a Coop Coach episode eventually. We'll get a Coop, the whole Coop Coach thing. So do you think we'll, we'll get, get a you think we'll get a Coop Coach Kraus combo episode because Kraus was so adamant on bringing Coop Coach in? Why haven't we seen? Have we seen Coop Coach yet? Have we seen we st- we're still so early. Yeah. Hmm. The Coop Coach sh- drama really happened the start of that second three peat. 
Mm-hmm. Well, he got – they drafted him in the first three people, but he didn't come over, obviously, for, I think, three years after they drafted him. So. Yeah. I, I'm really looking forward to seeing the hate they had for Kukoc. Oh, yeah. Jordan, I mean, openly. And Pippen. They both wanted, hated him. They wanted nothing to do with Kukoc. Yeah. That was, was that in the 92 Olympics when they shut him down? Yeah, and then they, I think they drafted him the following year in 93. So maybe I wonder if that's how they're going to kind of introduce it. Is because yeah, I remember we, that was a do thing. Do we know if he interviewed? Did they interview him? I don't know. It's a good I, question. I mean, they interviewed like over 100 people, so I would assume yes. Yeah, we'll see. And if, That'll anything, be something to look forward to in the next what? six episodes. Did we, talk, did we talk about this last week? And this is kind of going back. People complain about like the NBA is too buddy buddy now, and you know they're all friends, and they used to be such hard competitors, yada yada yada. And then like before a playoff game, Danny Ainge and MJ went and played eighteen <laughs> holes of golf. Like <laughs> yeah, let's let's cu- let's like squash this like back in the day these guys hated each other stuff. Like it's a like they're always friends. It's, you know, I'm the antidote about Jordan going into the hallway to hug Magic Johnson. I mean, he won the championship, right? Yeah, Guys. that was that was another one of my winners. I mean, it just shows what a quality individual but it goes Magic to these Johnson points. is. Yeah, these, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that there were more beasts back then than there were like than there are today. But there was still as much buddy buddy as they were. These guys were still playing together in the Olympics, still playing in the summer. Still doing movies like in the mid like space like Space Jam. I mean, these guys were still all friends. And if there were cell phones and everybody was connected back then, like they are now, it would be the same thing. Well, that's the thing is that they were still well connected, but they didn't have cell phones, so none of us knew about it. Right. I, I wonder coming out of this if I think that I mean going in, I think MJ is the ultimate competitor, and he's he, he's a huge asshole, but he got away with it because he's the greatest player of all time, and they won and won. I wonder going out of this if I if I really think he's that big of an asshole. Or if I just think like he was a big time competitor and he held his teammates accountable. Because right now it just seems like he's kind of a dick a little bit. He like needles people, but that's kind of his personality. And he held his team- teammates accountable. I think MJ comes off. I mean, he's looking great. Like, I, I mean, way, and, even better than I thought he was going to. Yeah, I don't know how you could come out of this and not think MJ is the greatest athlete of all time after watching any of these episodes, specifically, you know, this past, you know, couple this week. I mean, it's. It's so blatantly obvious. He could, we could go the next 500 years of professional sports, and there's not going to be anybody as good as MJ. That's a lot of time. That's, I, that's, that's fine. Time. I'm not going to have to live to re- regret this statement <laughs> in 500 years, so it's okay. It's, but this podcast will live on in yeah. 500 years somewhere. <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully. All right, anything else, guys, before we wrap it up this week? Is there one big loser that's not just Jerry Krause or Jerry Reinsdorf? It's kind of yeah. Scotty Pippen. Isaiah, Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas, yeah. Yeah, okay. So where, yeah, before we go, where, where's this going? So we've got six episodes left. Where do you think the next we got, six? Well, we got the Dream Team D- next week. Dream Team, and I, I think DC's right. I think they're going to go more in-depth now. The second half of this season is going to be, because they, they framed it now. They ended it at the All-Star break this episode. So I think the second half, with everybody healthy and playing, they're going to focus and then go into the playoffs. There's also a big rivalry that comes up, and I, I don't know. I can't remember. It's got to be the second three-peat again, too, with the Pacers and Reggie Miller. Like, that was like the net. And, and the Knicks, too. Like, we got the bad boy Knicks. That basically John Starks. Up. Yeah, they, they hated John and, Starks. Oh, what are they going to What are they gonna do when MJ went and played baseball? Are they going to be like, oh, MJ wanted to play baseball? Are they going to be like, MJ had a gambling problem and David Stern made him go away? Like, are, they gonna, 
Are they going to get into conspiracies? Like, no, no, because MJ wouldn't have done those interviews if they were going to. Yeah, it's. I think they might bring it up though. Yeah, but they won't. It'll be just he needed a break. His dad died, and frame it that way. Or they'll they'll ask him like now, hey, you know, there the rumors back then was that you, you know, had to go back and. Because you were gambling too much, is there any truth to that? And just depends how much of that whiskey's gone that that MJ's been drinking. MJ will probably give that little wry smile, you know, that MJ little look, like you know, just, I like to gamble, but that's not why. Just like a quick montage of them asking, like Charles Barkley and Isaiah Thomas, why do you think MJ left? And just to get like quick answers. I would love that. that. I would love that. Does yeah. Jordan look excessively tired to you guys every time you see him in the now? Because he's been he drinks all you see see those pores in the glass next to him. Yeah, yeah he, he just always looks so just fucking getting hammered tired. while he's getting has through he, these interviews. Has he been smoking any of the cigars while doing the interview yet? Because I haven't noticed that it's just no. been sitting there next yeah. to him. Did you did you notice like he's wearing the same outfit? But one time it was like daytime, like noon, and then at the end of this episode, same outfit. It was like dark, dark. He was interviewed like, three different times uh, throughout the course of them making this documentary. So he'll have three different outfits probably on. Well, it's like he was interviewing for nine hours straight drinking whiskey. Like, <laughs> yeah, maybe that's when the f bot, like the motherfuckers and everything, start flowing a little bit faster. They let him have a couple cups and then they oh. bring the piss and stuff. Also, the the fact that Rodman apologized by asking Jordan, like knocking on his room, and asking if he's got an extra stogie, was fantastic to me. Yeah, that was, that was great. great. <laughs> what great. What a great two hours. It was so good. This is go. what I wanted, folks. I don't know I if see, any of these the, were the these, standards I wanted. I I think these two hours, when we look back at this as a whole, might be are going to probably be the best two of the whole documentary. I have I have high hopes for next week with the Dream Team. Dream Team is going to be really you know good. What, you, though, I feel because like Isaiah was because Isaiah was interviewed. I think you're going to have a lot of good drama because Isaiah was part of this documentary of him not being on the Dream Team. I hope they go into the fact that Jordan nixed his ass being on the Dream Team. I really hope so. I think they will. Yeah. Especially because his coach was the coach of the dream team. It just makes me so happy that they just didn't have him on the team. I love champs hate for Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, so fuck Isaiah Thomas. That's the highlight of this episode. <laughs> All right, guys. That's a good way to end <laughs> wow. it right there. Uh, we'll be back later this week with a regular Spoko radio for Z, for Champ, for Jer. I'm DC. We'll talk to you guys again later. Go Hawks. Nate Stanley was drafted. (laughs) See ya. The seventh round, though. Sometimes I dream that he is me.